0: Hello, this is Priya Kalidas, and welcome to my new podcast, I Hear You. In this series, I will be speaking to inspiring individuals about life, career, and we will be deep diving into the impact of culture on the choices they've made. So, my guest this week is an incredible artist, a Nigerian Afro pop singer who has collaborated with artists such as Miss Banks, Burner Boy, it is Kidda Kurtz. Hey, Kida.
1: What did do, do? What did do? What did do? What's going on?
0: Thank you so much for being here today to talk to me on my podcast, I Hear You. You are currently in Africa.
1: No, nah, I, pre- I appreciate I appreciate We go way back. That's why. You know, <laughs> yeah, I remember, we do. I remember when I first came.
0: Let's see if your version is the same as my version.
1: No, 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 no. It's not. It's not. Mine is not. Because I, I have one memory of the, the, the photo that we took in the studio. Then just so it plays back in my head somehow, and I remember them times like I was just like doing radios and all that stuff, so that like it stuck to me somehow, you know. So I was, I know the people that were there in the early states you know. So I was I have to respect that.
0: But actually, before that, I happened to be. Did you come to the video? At shoot? Your video shoot randomly, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> see, I remember now. I remember now. I think. My a and R, I'm trying to remember, yeah, my A&R then from Universal, then I, yeah, I remember. Yeah.
0: That's true. And I ended up on your video shoe and then I ended up in the video for It's a Vibe, just yeah, because yeah, it yeah, was a vibe. Yeah. Do you it remember that we wrong. all ended up going to this Nigerian restaurant in East London?
1: Uh, Called Echo or something <laughs> like that. Yes. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably not that nice. I remember, I remember. It's probably, not, it's probably not the best Nigerian restaurant, but it was right. I remember that.
0: It was probably not the best, was, did you um,
1: say? It was um yeah, it wasn't the best one. It was well, one you would know. Ones. Yeah, of course. I, I don't think, I, wanna, I don't want to throw shots at anyone, but I feel like in, in 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 the UK in general, you can find people that make the best Nigerian food, but they don't have a shop. Do you understand? They don't have no shop. It's going to be from home to home kind of stuff, and they sell the most most authentic ones, you know. I know there's in Asian stuff you know, but like they're good to go to, but me, I like the interior food i like i like I like the local food you know like i like, like to taste like you know like the the, the love inside the food you now I mean so like yeah but yeah, but I feel like that was the right one, but then there's places like in southeast like you north know, Peckham, you know them side they are more you know the best restaurant.
0: So African culture has has made a really rich presence here in the u k especially in cities like London. Um, and you came to the UK when you were fourteen. Did that surprise you, or was or was it something that you already knew?
1: No, I don't think it, it surprised me. It was like I don't know. What I would say I was just I was aware that as an African like kid that you was know, moving to the UK when I was aware that you know like my peoples were out here as well. You know, so and then before I came, I already knew about like you know I knew about Skepta, I knew about you know like. You know, I knew about Bashy. I knew about the Black Boy tune. You know, so it's like I wasn't like I was kind of. I think I came to the UK in the best time. You know, just before China, aka, got like you know written off and all that. So it's like I got to like see that the real, the real deal. You know about like you know what's really going on. You know, like and then now it's like things have really changed. It's not the same anymore. You know, but I was happy to like be part of like, You know, when the fresh. Then you know, when I first landed, I was a freshie. You know, like this called me a freshie. And then I thought freshy meant like nice, like fresh, like you're nice, like fresh. So when I say you're freshy, so I was embracing. I was like, yeah, I'm a freshy, bro, you know. But then my my cousins have told me that it meant like you're fresh from Nigeria or from like some country, and you sound very different. I'm like, so, you know. So the thing with me is I've always been like I've always been like cause I like I'm, I'm proud of where I'm from. So I've never like shied from how I speak, on, you know. But I came like a very like you know tender teenage age. So after that, like, I grew into the UK proper. So I actually like you know blended my half of my hair, my ears in Nigeria and in the UK. So everything made a perfect like combination, and that's the reason why I make the kind of music that I make. So without the UK, I, I don't think I would be myself, you know. So I feel like everything merged into each other perfectly.
0: You grew up in in Nigeria, and um you entered a competition, a music competition which was actually the pinnacle moment for you, wasn't it? For you to then become an art, artist and become of and the guy that you are now. Tell me about that. What was that like?
1: So at 14, like, I knew I, had, I knew I had the talent, you know? So, like, I knew that I got a gift, but the thing was that I wasn't very serious because I was a kid, you know? So, like, I was in secondary school, you know? Um, and then, like, somehow I was hearing this advertisement of um of um of peak talent show that's what it was called no 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 i'm wrong before that i've done ta- i've done a talent show called sprite triple slam so i was by sprite or Coca cola company so i done that and i won for my area and then i went to lagos because i was living in in a place called Ibanez. and that's like um like a rural like more asian city or well, not like a brown roof city so I, I moved i mean no i came to lagos i done the whole thing but my group didn't win because it was more of like a uh, we had like a, what's it called? We had um, basketballers, we had dancers, and we had musicians. And I was I was the, I was the rapper in the group. So, but the basketballers flopped, so we didn't win. Cause, so then I went back to my city, and like two months after, another talent show was just ringing on my phone. I remember I had a radio Nokia, um, radio, old school radio phone, and I remember I kept hearing the, the the thing saying "Yo, peak talent show," blah blah blah. And I just took a bike and I went down there. I didn't want tell my mum or my sisters. I just went there. And then I remember, I think the morning I was going, I didn't tell my mom, but then I went to our room and I said, there's this talent show that I like. I was, I was 14. And I said, I'm going to win it, you know. I just told her, like, I said, I'm going to win it. Like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to win it. So then I went for the audition. Because in the city, they kind of knew me. I was a dancer as a kid. you know. so they kind of knew, like, um, they knew about, like, um, me being about, like, I've always been doing entertainment all my life since I was about age seven. Like, I've never had a normal, like, kid life. So... You know, it's been always like me being like the one that my friend look up to kind of stuff. So I was dancing. And then I, I remember I stepped on stage and everyone went crazy for me. I was like, what? Like, I didn't know me and stuff. So cause I, I remember I was dressing so crazy. I had my glasses, I had laces on them. I had like a, my backpack. I had like a snapback with our like, laces on them. I was using the lace as my belt or something like that. I had like them big buckle belt with the brain blinks on them. I had a super, I was looking very, I was standing out. So when they called me, as I stepped out, I remember I I a freestyle to the Leo When Roger that beat. I remember everyone just went crazy. And then I'm like, wow, like this is actually, you know, insane. But still, I didn't know what was going. I went back to the ghetto. Like I went back straight to the ghetto after that. So I've gone back in the yard. I've told my mom, I said, yo, and my sister. I'm like, you I just came back from this audition and, and they, they picked me. So I go, go represent the city in, an, in another state kind of stuff. And then my mom was like, what? And I remember my mom, and my sister, they were in one room that night and I came back in and they were looking like, what's wrong with this boy? Because I think that was the time. Like, I, that was the time that I was kind of like, you know, getting into my, um, you know, my, breaking into what I want to do with myself. You know, as a teenager, you have that, you know, when you want to do, do a bad thing, you want to do something good. So mine was like, I wanted to do something good, you know. So then I've gone to Lagos. I've been, I was in there for like three months in the house. Like, with like, a, like, like a British Got Talent. Like, one of them things when, when we're locked in the house for three, month, three months, every week we had different talks. We we just, you know, we we're, were doing like different kind of themes or songs, you know, but everyone in the yard, they were, they were so crazy. They were adults. They were, so, they were older than me. And me, I was just playing. I was having fun. You know, they were telling me to do this kind of rap. I would just do it. I was chilling and relaxing. But we had this comedian guy that had to record his jokes every second. We had the magician guy that had to do his magic and stuff. We had a dance group. And they were all, I was like, what's going on in there? But somehow I knew like, you know, that, I was meant to be in there. I, I sometimes I, I was breaking down. I was crying and stuff. Obviously, I was missing my family, you know. And at this time, while I was in there, you know, my mom don't like me saying the story. But my mom was actually locked up in jail in Nigeria, you know. So she was locked up for like a month or whatnot. So then I was fourteen. Then I knew that my mom wasn't home. My mom was in in a cell in Nigeria, in a, in a third world country. So it broke me down. But then I was like, wow, I can't break down. I'm an Italian show. I can make I can make money now, and I can consult my mom out. And it was a kind, it was a crazy one that that's what actually happened, you know. So before I actually won, my mom came out of the jail. I think my uncles kind of helped her out, whatnot. She came out, and it was just me. And then I made like you know like millions in naira that, that year or whatnot. And then I think it was like about I don't, I can't remember how much it was in pounds. And they told me I have to come down here to do like a you know come down to the UK to do like a tour and you know see what was going on around. But I've been there already before. So my dad lives there, you know. So ever since then, it was just crazy to see. Oh, the old talent show stuff. Ever since then I've never looked back. You know, I've never like had like, you know, like a second thought about like what do what do you want to do. So like in my life, it's always, always been entertainment, the talent show just top top to proper. You know, and that's why I have a big core fan base in Nigeria, because all the kids that grew up over here, they grew up on me, you know, like I might be a young guy or whatnot, but, but majority of the kids, they grew up watching TV and I was the kid they watched on TV. So, like, it's a, it's, a, it's a big thing when I'm out here because they do remember me being that kid that gave them, like, the little hope. Like, oh, yeah, you can come out from this ghetto and you can do it. You know what I mean? But, yeah, man, that's about it. The talent show story, man. It was really fun. I learned a lot there. You know, it made me more independent. Like, you know, it made me grow up faster. And then after that, it just, it's, it's been nice. It's been nice.
0: That's quite a lot to take on as a young boy. You know, like, the pressures of your mum being in jail, um, you also grew up without your father. He left when when you were young. Sort of having the mindset to to kind of think, I've got to just you know focus on what I'm doing right now so that I can help my mum and utilize the talent that I've got. Where does that resilience come from?
1: I feel like because I feel like the the pressure of being you know when you when you just grow up and just wake up somewhere that you didn't put yourself. You know, that's basically how I see it how my life was being is like I was living in a I, my dad I was age three. I can't I remember sometimes I feel like the brain is very powerful. Sometimes some things come to me, I'm like, oh yeah, that's true. That kinda happened, you know. But then like when I got to the, the city I grew up in in Ibadon, that's not where like, you know, my dad was living that and stuff. So it was more like how how to like, you know, like how to like become a new person. I don't have to say, I just I know I was a new person ever since I was age three. I knew something was different in my life. I knew my dad wasn't there anymore. I knew there was nobody to like look after us or whatnot. And my sisters or one. I was the man of the house at a very young age. You know what I mean? I was the man of the house at a very young age, and it was more like I had to like you know pick up things that you know like you know I know my mom can't do, my sisters can't do, and then just I don't know. I just made sure I didn't get in trouble, man. You know I done things, I done things, but I made sure I didn't get in trouble. You know I made sure I stayed in the right path. I've been, you know, tempted so many times. I've been in stuff, but I never, you know, embraced no badness, you know, and that's why I just, you know, I just kept my head up, even though I still feel I still got a lot to do, but I still just make sure I kept my head up, you know, and I'm not getting no you know, no, no rubbish, you know. I'm just keeping it proper.
0: But how does that really feel? Like, again, taking that pressure on of becoming the man of the house, having to look after the women of the house and and knowing that you're... The only male presence in that space that has to make sure that everyone's okay. Does that, did that ever kind of make you feel any resentment towards your dad or anger?
1: Yeah. So basically, I can't lie to you. When I was younger, I used to get vexed about my dad because, you know, I had to like wake up like at crazy times, you know, to check the doors. And even till now, like I still have to like live with that like PTSD. You know, like I still look at the doors, you know, because when I grew up, I used to get, my houses get broken down. Like we used to have police in my yard every time, you know, like this, it was bad, you know. So I still to leave without that, not having a man in the house, to, like step up and it was me that had to step up and I was the kid and stuff. So when I was younger, I used to like all sign against him. But after that, I kind of like changed, like, you know, how I felt, you know. I spoke to him like two years ago in the park. I said, Do you understand what I've been through, you know. But that's very intelligent man. is is a, a medical doctor, and is like a role model to me. He's someone I look up to every time. You know, I grew older now. I I'm, I got closer relationship with my dad because I know he's a man, and he has an experience of what I'm going through right now. You know, so it's like I I kind of don't feel any like, anger towards my dad. I don't, I don't, I don't. There's no, there's no bad blood. I just feel like a man sometimes, like the life that we come into is, is really crazy. People don't understand like the, 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 the effort you have to put in like putting a family together. And also like, I know how my mom is. I know how my dad is. So right now I kind of understand. Mm, it's probably, you know, I, I kind of understand. Like I know my dad's very, so my, my mom is a very like lovely woman as well. But my dad, I can I understand that. And I got a stepmom, so I understand maybe that's what I needed. And my mom probably wasn't, you know. I just understand now because now I got I got go two sons now. I kind of can relate to what's going on, you know. So I know that like if you have kids, sometimes like you have to like you know be ready to like stay with the family because like if you're not ready to stay with the family, then you know like things go, fall apart. Like thank God like I got my two kids in one place, you know. Like you know, so I have a lot. Of, I I, I wasn't my dad. I don't bear them my dad. See what I'm saying? And through, like, what I've been through, I used that into my my reality, you know, into, like, free, like, what I go on ground right now. You know what I mean? Because I got experience all so like, out, oh, Yeah, You know, there's people fighting relationships, you know, but my dad and my mom, it just didn't work out. But, you know, like, then I, I can learn from that because majority of the black kids, they grow up without no fathers and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm, try- I'm not trying to make my sons, you know, not go through that at all.
0: But do you think it's important for, like, the generation now to to break that chain of the father leaving uh, the family home and actually more importantly just not expressing why do you think that it's hard for for men in particular to just really be able to express especially especially men that come from community and culture like I know that from my own community and how expressing yourself is really not it's not learnt behavior you don't really get taught how to express yourself because it's about just keep quiet and get on with it you've got to just be strong and keep going but at some point you're going to break so do you think that this is something that we need to open up the conversation about being able to express yourself and being okay about that and and actually being vulnerable as a man to just say do you know what this isn't working I'm feeling this, and maybe that could be another way of potentially saving the situation, or not. But at least there's communication that's being had.
1: Yeah, men men need to speak up more. You know, and no matter what, when it comes to like kids, when kids are involved, like you have to understand that you brought the kids to life and things. Like you know, like you know, you can't run away from your responsibilities and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like for example, I'm in Nigeria right now. My sons are here like, I'm in pain, like, you know, like, I miss them so much. But the life of a man is not is not meant to be fair, you know. We have to fend, we have to go look for, we have to fetch, we have to go into the forest. My son is Odessaya, in my language, means, like, a successful hunter, you know. So, so my, my mom is my forefathers, were probably in the bushes, killing goats and taking them back home to go cook or whatnot. So it's like, sometimes the life of a man is not fair, and I feel like a lot of men, like, break down, you know, tend to break down. Sometimes there's no power, there's no support system. For their mental health, you know, because men like you know we don't cry, we don't call each other and cry on the phone and be like, oh, bro, man, just tough it up, or we say and we laugh about it instead of saying, I'm like, yo, bro, this is how I'm feeling right now, I need help, bro, you know. And that's what I've learned because I've read a few books and I know, you know, sometimes like you have to like understand like how to like help each other, you know. You say, bro, are you all right? Like, are you good? Bro? Are you sure? You know, sometimes people just say, yeah, yeah, for no reason, but. Like, brothers need to help each other more, you know, because, you know, like, I for, feel for, for like cause we have to do the all. for example, a dad, look, you have to look after the girl, you have to look after your girl, you have to look after the kids, you know, you have to look after people around, you know, you have to look after your, your mom. I look after my mom, you know, my sisters, you know, because I'm the man, I was the man of the house then. So even if I have multiplied my family, I still don't forget, you know, how I started and people that still, you know, see me as, you know, the man, you know, I know where I'm from is like, you know, in Africa, in general, is like the man is like we say we say La lada like in Europe, but it means like the man is the cutlass. You know, so it's like the man is always the head. But I've I've even like learned everything. You know, I'm a good chef. Like I really, I make good food, so it's not a thing that I'm I'm a typical old school African man that wants my wife or my girl to cook for me. You know, sometimes I'll cook for the, my girl to eat because you know it's like it's this love in, in when you do things like that. You know, so those are the things I've learned. You know, I've seen, all right, cool. Maybe this is why my mom and dad didn't work out, da, da 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 But, you know, the majority of the kids that men have to be able to, like, you know, if you're not feeling okay in a situation, be able to speak up. But at the end of the day, you got kids. But if you got a kid, you have to make sure it's better for them because it's, it traumatizes their mental. Like me, for, for instance, I know how I feel, like, in today's world, just because I didn't have no dad growing up. Like, it hurts me every day. I do have friends that call their dad, and they have a different kind of relationship. I don't have that. You know, I have a different kind of, I have a serious relationship with my dad. I didn't grow up for him. I was like a, like a tough one. Like, you know, we speak about serious things every time. We don't really like laugh about anything, you know, because he doesn't know me as the funny person that I am naturally with my mom and my sisters. So I've never seen my dad dance before, you know, so if, if we end up seeing his interview, cause he always watched my interview. Look, I've never seen him dance before, you know? So the thing that I'm like, wow, is there going to be time to actually see my dad dance? You know, cause everything is going fast. Everyone's getting older every day. But I feel like in general, like men just need to be able to like, you know, you know, be emotional, man. Like, like be, like be vulnerable. Like, you know, cause I make music, you know, and sometimes when I'm making a love song, I'll, I appreciate the fact that I can be vulnerable. You know, I can say something about a woman and that, 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 that I cherish or whatnot and just express myself, you know, but men tend not to want to be vulnerable. They want to be more tough or hardcore. By the end of the day, we all have feelings and stuff. You know, I have mental breakdowns sometimes. I'm like, okay, well, let me call my boy. You know, I call my boy, tell him about what, what happened, you know, just like speak out and hear from his experience. And next minute, it feels lighter because not everything, like sometimes the family the girl, the woman, the wife can't understand everything. She can't get everything. Sometimes you need to make some some kind of money or some kind of hustle and you don't want to stress your woman out about it. And you have to just be miserable in the yard. In the, in the yard. And now she's mad at you because you're miserable, but you're miserable because you need to provide for the family, you know? So there's a lot of, a lot of, this is very tricky one, the tricky one.
0: It is tricky, but I do think that like we put so much pressure on our partners when actually you, as you said, you can't get everything from your partner. And it's really good to have a tribe, a little community outside of your relationship because it will also help you mentally, but also help the relationship. So you said that you're also a father now of two beautiful children and having experienced what you experienced with your dad not being around and growing up with your mum and your sisters, what have you learned, I guess, from that situation in terms of the way that you show up now for your partner and for your children?
1: Me, like, I feel like I just, I like, when I'm not, when I'm not on my way, I don't like it, you know, Because but then I need to go, you know, create opportunities, you know, for these kids, you know, because at the end of the day, they're going to go say, Daddy, I want this, I want that. You know, and then there's no explanation. So it's like, like I like to spend time, like I, I bond with my kids. When I'm at home, I don't, when I'm with them, I don't use my phone. I don't press my phone next to them. You know, I just, if they're never like interacting with me, I'll just watch them, you know, do what they do. You know, so it's a thing of like, I had to like, you know, you know, you know, like, you know, like just not to spend enjoyment time. I didn't really grow up with a dad that would take me to the park or take me to and so i don't have that i didn't grow up on that so i don't have that so i have to learn that you know even when i go to the soft play i feel so ashamed to get inside the soft play because i don't have no memories of doing none of this so it's like sometimes i'll be like i'm just watching. you know sometimes i have to i'll take myself out i have to go to the to the park the fun fair and you know, have to go to the, the the fireworks night you know go to the zoo, go to the dinosaur, you know, things that I've never, like, that my dad never showed me. So I'm making sure they're having the opportunity. And also, you know, just dressing, just buying nice stuff for your kids, making them look just like you. You know, it sounds crazy. I got two sons, so I made them look like me when I dressed them. You know, I like, because I'm the kind of dad that when it's school time, like, before I just came here, like, I will wake up 6 o'clock, right? While my kids are still rolling over or just getting, because they wake up early like me. I'll make sure the uniform is ironed or the, the, the nursery off is ironed. The lunch, lunch pack is packed. You know, they get bed. I clean them up. I dress them up, drop them at school. If the mom can drop them, she will drop them. But if not, I, I take up the job. You know, I don't like, I like being you know very active when I wake up in the morning. So me having kids just makes my brain work better. So me waking up and doing something every morning, I like the school runs. I like the old activeness of being a parent. So, but other things that, like, for example, in the UK, we know we got pay bills every time, and that's all we have to do. That's all we do in the UK. Bills, letters, you know, so the things that are cool, I, I, the dad that got the superpower that can be a musician, you know, I have to create bigger doors for my family so I can be able to have more enjoyment and time with them. And right now, I still have, I still have to catch up in a lot of things and sort out of a lot of things so I can be able to have more time with family, you know, because at the end of the day, the world don't care if you got a family, you know? You know, it's your family is your personal stuff. And me, like, like I don't really like to bring my family in people's face because what I cherish. You know, like maybe like later on in my in my in my career, maybe I'll start doing like you know like day to day interviews. I mean, no, no, vlogging. Sorry, not interviews. They're About like you know, share my kids. But they're beautiful kids. I don't really want people commenting about my kids too much, and you know, things like that. I want them to have. I want them to have their own like you know rights when they grow older to be able to do, do you know. I know people. It's, it's so easy to put kids online. And I know people love me and stuff, but with me, it's like it's, it's something special to me. Like back in the days, there was probably no thing to post your kids on. It was just more of taking original photos and keeping them in the in, in the house or in the frame. So I still live in that kind of in that kind of brain. I know it's really cool. I got my kids' hair is so beautiful. I want to show it, but I'm like, bro, I like just still think, take it very easy because no, the world is a mad place. You know, people, you post your photo, your kids' photos everywhere. You know I, I allow my fans. It's okay for my fans or my members to do that. It's okay. You know, but sometimes I don't want my kids following you know, at random. You know, I just make sure I protect them.
0: You said they've got beautiful hair and they've got the coolest dad. Are they They wanting to get their hair green?
1: <laughs> Do they ask you,
0: dad, why have you got your hair green?
1: <laughs> so my second one, my, my first one is autistic. Like we'll speak about that in a second because that's what, okay. that's what I'm, you know, that's why I'm so in love with that world mm. right now to see like, you know, to experience a son. But my other one is, you want to be a president. That's why he keeps saying, you want to be a president. So even when I wear my wave cap, he takes them off. He wants to see the green hair. Then one time, he, he started calling me green fire. I'm like, wow, that's a sick name, that's wow, a nice that name. So he called me. Really my green hair. Like you know, he calls me green fire. I don't understand where he got that from. And he is so they speak my language little bit by bit. You know, they understand it a little bit. They, they can say the alphabets in my language already. They're only three and four. You know, but the three years old is just it's something else. Like he, he, he watches cartoons in Spanish. You know, when it says ABCs, it says them in a different kind of words. It don't say A for Apple, it says A for astronauts. Like he says things like that, like big, big words, and I'm like, wow, this is this is amazing. You know, they know how to grab a book, you know how to read they spell a couple of things already. You know, my firstborn, like I said, is autistic. He says is 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 eye functioning. So but so he says words when he wants to, but is in his own world. It's totally in his own world. Like isn't and and, and and then I don't like six assessments as well myself and then I'm, i've am i not been diagnosed by the doctors yet but i've done six assessments and it's telling me i'm definitely autistic you know so now i've looked back into my younger days and i've kind of clocked that. Like, mm, interesting that makes sense now my son moves like that so i understand what that is you know so i got a patient for that you know so i go and i go show him that there's love here you know and then you know he's taking his time that's why i call it there's too much he's too talented you know, there's been so many things in his head you know, like he said, he would speak when... It was my brother yesterday, he sang alphabet to me, and he never speaks. Do you get Like Do you understand? It started singing alphabet in the most quiet voice, silent, this very silent voice, and it's, his name is Enoch, you know? So and he's so a powerful boy, and so it's like, I just, you know, I just, I just I, just, I embrace it so much, man, you know, and a lot of great people who are autistic as well. So the thing that, you know, I'm having to like, learn every day, and it's not easy, you know, it's not easy, like, raising, like, an autistic kid that he, he can't express to you, you know, how it feels, or when it's even like sad, or when it wants something. But, you know, it's getting there. And then, you know, like, you know, like I'm loving it. I don't see, because my first born, I thought it was normal. Do you understand? <laughs> I didn't know, because I never had, like, you no know, kids around me growing up. So I, ne- I was the last lastborn in my family. So I never carried people's baby. I never knew anything about babies until I had one. You know, so it's like I have to learn everything. It's not safe if I grow up watching my dad look after my little one. Everything I picked up was a choice, you know, like it was a choice for me to wake up early to look after my kid, you not know, saying, oh, yeah, my girl got to look after her, their mum has to do it. You know, there's always a thing that I feel like you got to be a fair play thing, you know, and it's, it's very enjoyable.
0: You are really creative and also very artistic, not just as a, a music artist, but you're also a painter and visual artist, and you've had, like, your work, you've had exhibitions in the UK as well as internationally. Do you remember your first piece of art that you created?
1: So this is the truth of the story. My first exhibition was actually called Fine Rubbish. So the fine rubbish was given to me by my dad. So they said apparently from A two, I was drawing over the wall. I was painting all over the yard, all over the wall. I was just painting everywhere. And then, you know, I feel like three years ago, but I think all my life, I, when I write my lyrics, I draw on the top of it. It's like a thing. I do like a little calligraphy thing. It's like it's, I just like to do it to make my titles and thing. So, but then... I was thinking that, yo, like I feel like I got this skill that I don't want to embrace or wanna show show the world and stuff. So then I just I came to Nigeria and then I was I started painting a little cardboard and then I saw how how it came so easy. And then the fact that I wasn't like I don't look at people stuff to paint. I could just paint without thinking about anything. Because it was like a way for me to meditate. So like three years ago, I like a, dark times, right? Like I I was I was having like a mad mental breakdown. I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself kind of thing, you know. So I was getting myself together. and then I started painting. Then I felt like a medium for me to, like, get my emotions out, you know. So it was like a meditation state for me. So when I'm quiet with my – I started growing my – I grew a as well about quite a month last year. So I was, I was growing my hair. I was painting. I was in a different realm. I was working in the gallery that I never told people I was an artist. I was just painting there every day. So one day I, I was playing my music without telling nobody. You know, then everyone started saying, oh, is this girl who's going to say me? Then, you know, it became like, oh, cool, they're ruining the vibe now. I didn't want people to really know what I was doing. I was just having fun painting and you know, feeling happier. Then, you know, it made me money as well because I sold, sold some. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And then, you know, I started sucking myself more into it. Mean, I have over like 40 canvases like in, in, in London right now, like in the gallery, like like this archive. And, you know, it's one of my, my medium. Also, I'm, start, I'm starting a clothing line by this um, spring break called Anger Management so the anger management is for my painting is my idea of the anger management and also like also garments makes people happy you know like so it's like it's like when you buy a new 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 jacket or new shoes when you put them on you know the feeling of that so i'm trying to like make put my paintings into the garments. so instead of me painting on i do i paint on t-shirt I can, i can make 50 i can literally make 50 um t-shirt without having to like you know think about like you know, and avoid it without thinking about. I just, I can just paint on. So I'm, I'm trying to put everything into like a proper, you know, platform. So it's called anger management. I'm going to be dropping in spring break, and then I'm so excited about that. So the art thing, That's a great title. I love it so much. That's a great label now. Nah, the name, the name is so, it's so, it's so art, and it's spelled A N G A. You know, it's so like, you know, it's so, it's so, so real. It's so real. This is the, this is my reality. You know, and also I'm trying to like make people, you know, buy into my other part my art part, you know, to see, like, you know, why I'm, as an artist, I just, I just don't make music, I do ev- everything, you know, I make clothing, you know, I, I know I've done the paper collaboration a couple of years ago, you know, I'm still doing everything on the side, so I'm just making sure the music is the forefront, and everything else is just falling behind, you know, and I'm not clashing nothing.
0: And what is it about the colour green? What does green represent for you?
1: So green, green to me is nature, green, green is nature, green is Nigeria. You know, the land is green. That's what we say over here. So that's it represents, like, you know, where I'm from. You know, I, I think I've been the first guy to die my hair green before people for about dying the hair green. I think I was one of the first to ever try to do such things. So I feel like it was, it's my powers. And I feel like it's my powers. Like, I feel like it's, it's like, you know, what I represent. And Nigeria is my genesis. I don't forget about, like, anything that I've been through in this country. It's almost like my playground. Like, I understand, like, you no, know, the frustration people don't like. I understand it. You know, because I was really in the in the, side, the same side of the people that I frustrated. I was there. I was. I lived there. I didn't go past the road. I was in there with them. You know, so it's 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 really cool. It's really cool. It's really cool to like represent the culture. You know, with my hair. And people don't tend to ask me a lot, but it's about it's for Nigeria.
0: One of my last questions for you, because this has been incredible, and I wish we had more time. But um, if you were to meet your future self, what would you say to him?
1: Don't think about it too much. <laughs> literally, just literally go for it. Cause that's that's I think like that's one thing overthinking. So if I see my future self, i tell telling everything that you for about five years, just do it, bro. You know, it's like it's like the music I got. I got some music that I stuck in my computer that I might never pull out. Probably just leak them sometime, but I shall drop them when I was making them. So things like that. So just don't think about it too much. Just do it now.
0: Love that. Kida, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I hear you. You've been an incredible guest. Thank you for sharing. Also, you are such a warrior and a real inspiration so great speaking to Kiddercuts all the way in nigeria my special guest today and thank you for listening to i hear you the podcast hosted by me priya kalidas keep listening for more episodes and don't forget to follow and subscribe tell everyone tell the universe i hear you the podcast you need to tune into massive. Thank you to pineapple audio production for producing this series and come join me next week for another episode of I hear you.